Hello listeners, this is Casey Kasem, and welcome back to the show. I've been tasked with informing you that these three dickbags had some technical difficulty with this episode. In this case, the gain was way too high, which is a fancy way of saying that their stupid voices sound like they're exploding all over your ears. Unfortunately for you listeners, their ridiculous show is still completely understandable. You have my condolences. Now on with the... I... On with the show. I, I fucking hate that. God, yeah, the fucking... It's so long. It is so long. I know it is. I'll, I'm sorry, let me put it back in my pants. Fuck <laughs> Gotta get back on that horse. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. This is episode 38, which means we are covering the 38th minute, 3701 to the 38-minute mark. I am your host, Aaron, and joining me are not one, but two princes who kneel before you. That's what I said now. Yes, princes... Princes who adore you. Fellas, just go ahead and introduce yourselves. Um, I am Ryan, and I remember feeling very cool whenever I was introduced to the Spin Doctors, because it was like, that was one of those bands that nobody else was aware of, and I think Matt... Uh, Reese? Last, yes. Uh, introduced <laughs> me to them, and it was like, well, I don't even care about music, really, but uh, I always liked them, and uh, that was my kind of, like, for a minute, claim to fame of, oh, I know a cool band that no one else is aware of, and will become obsolete very soon. You did that with Green Day as well. Did I? They didn't become obsolete, but yeah. you were the first person I knew that liked Green Day. I used to be pretty cool. Yep. Hi, Caleb. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I was desperately trying to think of another line from that song to introduce myself, and I went blank. <laughs> That's okay. We don't have to quote every lyric of the song unless you'd like to. We pull up the lyrics genius on it. Yeah. Let's just do that. Let's let's break that sound song. Whoa. Break that song down. So I've got a shout out, and uh, so here's the deal. We discovered we don't have line of sight to iTunes reviews outside of the United States because of the way the iTunes store is set up. We could have hundreds, nay thousands, of reviews from all over the world, and we can't see them. We could have. Uh, iTunes, how are we supposed to soak in the adoration of our international listeners? So, thank the old gods and the new for Robinus Prime, at Robinus Prime at Twitter, who uh, accidentally sort of let us know by letting us know, hey, I gave a little comment. Mm -hmm. And um, that comment is, we were able to find some back channels to see what our, well, it's it's very laborious back channels, but we focused on where he is from, Great Britain. And uh, his comment is that uh, these custards are still going strong. So, and then he goes on to say, So I know you said you don't care what's written as long as it's five stars, but I wanted you to know that I'm enjoying the journey. Also, way back you discussed other tape cassette names, and I wondered if you knew Scorpinator actually got made as a tape. I picked it up at TF Nation in 2016, Good job, gents. By the way, the after hours part is creepy <laughs> as fuck. 
but I kind of like it. Everybody kind of likes it. I don't. (laughs) First of all, thank you, Robin is Prime. Uh, Second, I don't know what you mean by custards. I searched custards and UK (laughs) slang, and I got nothing helpful. It could be a Cockney rhyming, or I'm sorry, I found a Cockney rhyming dictionary, which told me that it could refer to a television. Another random website said it could mean semen. Are you calling a semen? I'm okay with that if that means really cool guys. Yeah, whatever. Or come. I would love. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I'd love an explanation on that. Um, also, may we see a picture of this scorpionator you speak of? If, if you still you, have it. If you would provide a photo, that would be great content that we could steal from you, claim as our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other final thing here is you posted way back in September. So again, apologies for the delay in acknowledgement. As stated before, iTunes is not making it easy for us when it comes to international. Well, they make everything reviews. else so easy. <laughs> so uh, throwing them right under the bus. What have what have we done, and what have they done? Exactly. So that brings me to a final point here. It's listener appreciation season. (laughs) So it's a little quid pro quo for those who rate us on iTunes, five stars hopefully, and comment. And because of this little international snafu, and because we don't want to leave previous raters, commenters out of the mix, I think we should offer up all any every listener that's ever commented. I agree. We can go back in time. Yeah, I, can do that. I agree. We can do that. And it won't be that much effort on our part. <laughs> Extra I feel like you just made an effort on my part. <laughs> well, no, we can talk. We can talk, talk offline. about it. Okay. Some ideas. But I, I, hey, I, we'll take this offline. I think what he's saying is we don't have a whole lot of people. We have. To <laughs> right. It's like yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're not going to tell you yet what this gift is that we uh, would like to give to you guys. But let's just say there's an element of one of a kindness to it. And here's how it's going to work. You go to iTunes, you give us five of those beautiful luminous space orbs, leave a comment, and then let us know about it. Email us at apoddcast at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter. Hook us up with your address. And again, past commenters, please send us your info as well. If you are a listener from outside the U.S., you absolutely must let us know because like we said, (laughs) we have no way of getting updates on these comments. So um, we definitely want to shout you out on this uh, program as well. So... Um, I hate to ask it, but the extra, a little extra effort, we'd love to see a screenshot of the review as well so that we can read it online, right? So, um, not because we don't trust you or believe that you actually... <laughs> we're just, we're just, we just want to see what the hubbub's about. We, we are a very trusting <laughs> Just a unique gift. It's just like we find a rock outside. <laughs> That's right. So, thank you again, Robin is Prime. You uh, maybe expect a little something-something in the mail yes. before too long at thank our you. discretion. And it's, uh, it goes through Christmas. And thank you for appreciating us from across the pond. We know we do have have some uh, listeners over there in the aisles, and mm-hmm. uh, we uh, want you guys to keep it up. And please, do they call them the aisles? I call them the aisles. <laughs> what about the Bahamas? Those are also islands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So maybe last... we should start the show. <laughs> last episode, uh, Spike had to put a quarter in the old swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> and yet another escape pod meets its end at the mm-hmm. mouth of Unicron. Galvatron gets reminded who's boss, and he and his crew finally head to Earth. That's, That's right. right. Or at least he says. <clears throat> so that where we kick off this minute is, uh, again, at this 3701 minute mark with a badass shot of Unicron's mm-hmm. ship that lasts... 
about a second. <laughs> it looks very similar. I mean, we were looking over the weekend at Floro Dairy designs. It's a pretty like his design for that kind of just straight up goes into the movie. It's very it's it's a cool the same. It's a cool looking ship. And there's like uh, like looking at um, I think it was on Cybertron uh, the website uh, SEIB. Um, that some of his drawings were on, and uh, like he draws Autobot City like three times, which it was initially supposed to be called Fortress Maximus. And, right. But anyway. I would like to point out real quick, they do show a shot of Earth here, uh, and I was commenting on how cool it looks because it's showing they they've done some kind of animation secret with rotation. Where it rotates, yeah. But if you if you look. Uh, Florida looks absolutely insane in that shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems to it like it has in the future. Uh, Florida has completely, in the future past. Yes, it is completely fused with Cuba. Um, yeah, the, this is the year two thousand five. Anything could have happened. It's true. Well, <laughs> America's Wang has gotten bigger. Yeah. So unfortunately, Galvatron was not standing at the front of the ship. Mm -hmm. Nope. Uh, I did a little research, though not mentioned in the movie. This ship has a name. Oh, no shit. In the uh, Rebirth Part One, Galvatron refers to it as the mothership. But according oh, to yeah. a book that was published called Transformers: The Complete Arc, the ship is known as Revenge. Revenge. I don't know exactly what revenge is being sought here. What do you mean, what revenge on? He's revenge on Starscream, uh, revenge on anybody that ever talked shit about <laughs> Megatron. That guy who made fun of me in cyber yeah, third grade. It's revenge, yeah. It's revenge on anybody that's given him a problem as his previous incarnation. Okay, all right, I'll go with it. Except did Unicron name the ship Revenge? Well, if it's not in the movie or the show, where did they? Where are they pulling that name? So among uh, its arsenal are torpedoes, multiple cannons, and Moleculon missiles, which are ultimately what we'll see destroy three quarters of Ultra Magnus's ship. Cool. You know what else? You know what? I have a good name for the ship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss can't be wrong. <laughs> well done. <laughs> So we're transitioning back to Earth. I, do these shots look familiar? I think these are the exact same shots we saw maybe yeah. two Earth or three and minutes Autobot ago. City, yeah. Earth and Autobot yeah. City. Uh, when we saw Jazz and Cliff Jumper send a message to Earth. So Ultra Magnus, who is presumably acting right after Bumblebee and Spike's message cut out, commands the Autobots to board the shuttles. This new menace is more dangerous than all the Decepticons put together. I don't know what I'm doing. That is there. a great That's, Robert Stack. Yeah, good Robert Stack. So... I, I guess he just knows that this new menace is more dangerous. Uh, than my all the thought is, why doesn't he assume it is something to do with the Decepticons? Right. But yeah. I guess I maybe he would think it wasn't because why would the Decepticons destroy their own worlds? Well, because their guys were on those worlds. True. That yeah. Uh, well, so. My other thing about that is, so we wouldn't just go and finish off the Decepticons. Yes, I have that. But well. we will go fight an adversary that we believe is going to be way tougher than the Decepticons. Yeah. <laughs> when they were the Decepticons, <laughs> were in full retreat, routed mode, and uh, damaged. Uh, we we don't want to chase them. Then we got to rebuild this city in a day. Once right. again, the Autobots, heart of gold, uh, brains of gold of, of gold. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much. He continues, somehow we must destroy it before it destroys, uh, or before it devours Cybertron. Daniel's like, what about my dad? And he we'll goes on to explain everything we just heard. Yep. And I think it'd be funny if you just said to Daniel, I can't deal with that now. <laughs> I have later in some of my notes about how he's, we'll bring it up whenever it comes up. Anyway. I, I still say they need to just turn that kid over to foster care. I'm going to say it looks like Springer's been carving up here at uh, yeah. the 3707 minute mark here. 
He's pretty bu- pretty buff, yeah. I mean, he is the uh, the swashbuckling Indiana Jones type. I was thinking he looked like Indiana Jones, ate a lot of bread, and drank a lot of beer. So, modern Indiana Jones. <laughs> Crystal Skull Jones. <laughs> exactly. So, um, moving on. Now, the- if you can pause it at like 37, 12, or there is fine. We see someone who heretofore has not been introduced. Uh, Snarl is here. That's right. And he just shows up out of nowhere and quickly goes away. Yep. Like they also show it at thirty-seven forty. We'll see him again we'll um, dodging some bullets. Yeah, but he doesn't show up. Real. I mean, I think he's in some other shots in the rest of the movie, but he doesn't have any lines and randomly is not there with the other Dinobots. Why? Not? I don't want to say he does have a line, but I might uh, be. Wrong. I might be wrong about that. I think it's um, slag on Quintessa. Those. Okay, well we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, we never see the Stegosaurus, but now and maybe just a couple other times. How did he get there? He didn't show up. So, Grimlock. So Snarl wasn't involved in the fight with uh, 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 Devastator. Devastator. We don't see him. No. No, they forgot about him. <laughs> He's the forgotten Dinobot. Mm. Okay, Magnus. Uh, Magnus just gives these orders. Look at the. I'm glad you paused it here at thirty-seven fifteen. Hot Rod has a stupid look on his dumb face, just like. <laughs> He's a mouth breather. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Oh, you're right. He's not moving it at all. No, he just stands there like that. <laughs> so he's given the order. We're gonna go get in these ships. But Springer, who is uh, our my favorite pra- pragmatist, asked the question: How the fuck are we gonna fight this moon munching motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ultra Magnus is like, Well, maybe the Matrix can stop it. Hot Rod is like, You're right, it can. Mm-hmm. Cup's like, Shut the fuck up, Hot Rod. You don't know shit. Exactly. Hot Rod's like, I just got I this just got feeling. this feeling oh, deep inside God. of me. Yeah. He, so, can't fight it. he can't fight that feeling that's anymore. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all songs all the time. I feel like Ultra Magnus will find is just like me after I knew a, buy a new power tool at like Home Depot. Okay. I feel like I can use it for anything. <laughs> like, got a new door. Gonna, or got to install a new door. I need to get my oscillating uh, saw for that. Got to install a light bulb. Got to get my oscillating saw for that. You know, he's like, how this bit is going. I, it's so, gonna, yeah. I'm picturing so, you writing this and just giggling. <laughs> the guys are going to love this. Anyway, Ultra Magnus just can't wait to whip out the Matrix to do a job. Defeat Unicron, use the Matrix. Defend a relatively minor Decepticon attack, <laughs> whip the out Matrix. the Matrix. He should have whipped out the Matrix. To fix Autobot City. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's so pleased with himself. He is. <laughs> I just like how I didn't remember the joke. I had to yeah. <laughs> Well, you looked at us like you just solved the biggest clue of the whole movie. Right. Uh, so, anyway... Springer sees something going on. He's like, look, and Decepticons are all ready to send the yeah. honor. It's oh, been so literally quick. less than a minute. It's been, well, I mean, even in movie time, we haven't had a cut. So it's been like 40 seconds. It was so fast. You're right. So it was Ultra crazy Ultramanus started fast. talking as soon as Bumblebee and Spike cut out. Mm-hmm. And so that means Wait Unicron minute. must have eaten that planet in like, Wait well, I guess 42 I mean, seconds. From a timing standpoint, <laughs> that would mean that Galvatron showed up to the Autobot base before... He left Cybertron. (laughs) It's all falling apart. (laughs) We quit, guys. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, there will be no more episodes of the Autopod Decepticast. It's pointless. 
That's what broke us. All right, we'll time it. We'll finish this. That's minute. where we. That's the, that's where our. Suspension, it's a bridge too far. That's where our suspension of disbelief broke down completely. The drawings at this part I just noted were terrible. Yeah, the art in this minute is not great. It's not very good, and even the coloring seems weird. Like there's, pa it's like patchy in some spots. Like um, this part right here where they're getting. I'm just gonna kind of like. Kind of go. This is where ghetto like, slow mo. Yeah, it's just... uh, like thirty seven forty, where they are firing on the Autobots. The Dinobots in particular look goofy as fuck. They're just like flailing all around. Uh, fucking snarl or uh, slag is on his back legs. He's the Triceratops, and it just looks stupid. And also, we got snarl, but there's no swoop at this. Yeah, part. that's right. They swoop um, them, switch them out. That's right. So uh, <laughs> Ultra Magnus is basically like to the shuttles. Um, you get a kind of a cool shot of the sweeps coming up next, <clears throat> firing mm -hmm. on, uh, firing on everybody, and Cyclonus pulls up with Galvatron and says, I, Galvatron, I'm sorry. He's flying me. in the I ship. I do like, yeah. I do like, it, it, as he's in Cyclonus, the red glow that's in there. I mm -hmm. think that's kind of a neat stylistic choice. It makes me think of, like, a submarine. Like the tent on the windows? I just assume no. it's red lighting inside. No, okay. I think it's a red window tent. I think it's window tent. I want to think it's like a sub where you, we, they have the red lights, which okay. they do that to preserve your night vision um, so you can read the instruments, and then if you have to go topside. I understand what you're talking about. I just don't Maybe not everybody does. I'm explaining it to the listeners. Okay. I'm, uh, maybe it does do that, but I also think those windows are tinted red. Uh, more of an amber. Well, all right. <laughs> So, Galvatron says, I, Galvatron, will crush you as Megatron crushed Prime. As soon as I get out of this cockpit of this plane. The thing I don't like about that is, I've got another bit, fellas. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I've tried to rewrite the popular narrative on awkward moments in my life several times. Uh, for example, just last week, I'm at dinner with my wife at my wife's parents' house. It's like a full-on bit. <laughs> it's really just a story. Okay. Uh, there's all kinds of brothers, sisters, and cousins in the house. Some of them I don't know that well. And uh, when I'm leaving, I'm going around the room kind mm. of bro handshaking and like hugging the people I know. And I get to this female cousin that I don't know well that, that well. I went in for a handshake. Like a really, it was a really oh, awkward, no. awkward oh, handshake. And she and I both knew it was awkward, but we both didn't say anything about it. I tried to say some funny stuff to move <clears> on, <throat> but we didn't bring it up. A few days later, I'm talking to my uh, wife and, si and sister-in-law. And I'm trying to talk about that moment and reframe it in a way where I'm portraying that I went in for a hug and my cousin, that cousin went for the handshake, but my sister-in-law shut me the fuck down. <laughs> I forgot. She saw the whole thing happen, so I couldn't change the story. I'm trying to she, cognitively <laughs> reframe it where you're not a total buffoon. So, so she saw my clumsy beta move and busted oh. me on it in front of everybody. And so I'm just trying to apply that as a lesson to Galvatron here. Is It's okay to lie about your failures. Just don't do it in front of people who know the you truth. saw it. Go down. <laughs> Otherwise, you just look delusional. Well, so. that's chaos magic. If you, uh, you, know, you're, you change the nature of your reality. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, everyone knows Prime won that battle. If I was the Autobots and I heard that line, I would just be like, oh, well, fuck, I guess we're just going to kick your fucking ass. Just, I feel like it was a, the best a draw, because Prime yeah. died from it. Right. I mean, that. speaking of handshakes, I did one of those that has stuck in my mind my entire life, but I was like... <laughs> 11 or 12 and somebody I can't remember what the handshake was but it was an adult who was doing a handshake but for some reason I went in with my left hand even though he had clearly had his right hand out <laughs> so if you can imagine 
trying to handshake with a right hand with your left. It was it was like somebody it's, taking it's, yeah. It was like this where like he was grabbing it like he was gonna kiss my my hand, back of my hand or something. It was I, ridiculous. I did, to, I did that to my uncle uh, last week. Like I, I I don't see him very often anymore. And we went to eat at City Butcher, and um, so everything had gone really really well. Had good conversation, and he drops me off him in the driveway, and so. I go to shake his hand, and I don't know why, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't work. So yeah. I like. Oh. So I. No, it's it's. It's right still right, right, right. Okay. But it, like somehow, like it just doesn't do <laughs> just it. Didn't get so in I sync. Gra- I grab him with my <laughs> left hand, and, like, <laughs> and so I like shake with it, this is one hand with both of my hands, like. Yeah, yeah buddy. This yeah, is, like, this is just, we're up in the ante on the handshake. It wouldn't be. It's <laughs> you're trying to have a cool old mob boss handshake. Well, yeah, with my uncle though, it, I always seem to like just there's always just one thing that doesn't go quite it never can be just fine everything's yeah. gotta be a problem so yeah it's not really a problem but it's just a, a sense of awkwardness mm-hmm. we need to animate an awkward transformers handshake somehow <laughs> all right our next guest Ryan, ryan's on it mm-hmm. so ultra magnus does have a reasonable comeback uh, in saying that uh, you'll die trying. I do like love Megatron. that comeback. And I guess uh, Cyclonus must have like a PA, a loudspeaker, because Galvatron's just kind of talking to himself, <laughs> and, but Ultra Magnus hears him. Yeah, too. how are they having these uh, this dialogue <laughs> at all? Maybe they're all patched in on a radio system that's just I guess they, internal. <laughs> like they're like, all hearing it through the, the, the speakers from the, the gaffer, the, the, <laughs> the boom. The boom, mic operator. The mic operator. Uh-huh. Back to that old chestnut. That went well. Um, (laughs) Keep going back to that well. Um, So I do, and then, yeah, Ultra Magnus' comeback's pretty good. And then when he shoots him through Cyclonus, this is the thing. Like, every time Galvatron gets... Any minor, like, somebody stands up to him or anything, he's, he, he's just instantly enraged that anyone would bother to, ah. like, fight back because he says, Autobot scrap, and is shaking his fist like he's so a, upset oh, that yeah, he, he shot he him. He is upset. So then Cyclonus at that point says, you want me to gut Ultra Magnus? As Scourge pulls up with his head popped out of the top I of the vehicle. I fucking hate that. And you don't like the head popping out of the I hate it. Like they do that. There's another, and I'm, uh, I was watching about uh, Starstream's ghost, and I found the video where that you see like his statue has been crumbled. But there's in that scene, Octane is in truck mode, but his head's popping up out of his cab. I fucking hate that. Well, yeah. It's so goofy. He's too scared to complete his transformation. Well, but yeah. you know, you're, I'm surprised that you don't see more of that more often. And like the transformers are kind of like half transformed, so they're like they'll just transform a little bit to roll around and stuff, but their, <laughs> their head's still showing. Well, in the like Prime, Prime could have flipped t- that head over. He can man. totally stick his head out of his. Roll around. <laughs> well, and and in those some of those big looker books that we talked about, Caleb, the weird with uh, the weird uh, drawings, like I found out about that illustrator, and I don't have his name off the top of my head, but he's actually a very like accomplished. Yeah, no, I like it. It's just so different. But then yeah, also it's watercolor. The weird thing is, in one of the stories where they're in an auto show, the Autobots have eyes looking out of their headlights. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that kind of stuff. Well, I, I don't I, get I it away from I me. Think I mean, based on some of the animation, uh, animation, the illustration that I saw in that guy's book, he isn't quite in grasp of the Transformers. That seems pretty universe, clear. Right? <laughs> but in a weird way, I, I, I like, I like seeing that that loss in, of translation of. Mm-hmm. of it. I like the them in and of themselves. They're just bizarre, in, they the, are in, bizarre. The, in the in the in the world of Transformers. Yeah. 
I, I like. I just think they look surreal. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are. It's the watercolors that do yeah, it. Yeah, and then they have to like go in. Like somebody came in after him and stamped in all the Autobot yeah. mm-hmm. symbols. It's a little weird. He didn't do. If anything. I was that guy, I'd be pissed about that. There are some yeah. where he does have a drawn. He does have a painted, but they stamp over it again. <laughs> <laughs> so lame. Uh, that brings us to the end of this minute, guys. Oh, far mm-hmm. out. So I do have a voice actor. And the and it's, it could be controversial because that last scene about uh, gutting Ultra Magnus, some would say it makes more sense that Cyclonus said it because why would Cyclonus or it makes more sense that I'm sorry the other guy uh, Scorch Scorch says it because why would Cyclonus say it? Galvatron is piloting him, so he's kind of in control of whatever Cyclonus does. But Scorch and does Scorch, say it. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't? Mm-mm. Cyclonus says First that? of all, the voice is different. I listened back and forth between what we know is definitely a Scourge line earlier and mm-hmm. this line. It's very different voices. Um, but I see why it looks like that because of the way that the sweeps pull up against him and the fact that his head's out. He might as well just be like, want me to do that? It makes a lot more Weird. sense that he does do it. But <clears throat> when And also, it's a sneak peek of my script deviation. So that line is attributed to Cyclonus in the script oh. as well. Huh. So with all that, that lets us talk about Roger C. Carmel, who voiced Cyclonus all right. in the movie. And he is actually a very delightful looking fellow. Let me pull he up says, a quick... He says he is. This is a, a picture mm, of him real quick. a good sign. Good sign. Let's see here. Some pictures. And looks like oh, a, I love that he mustache. Kinda, he kind of looks like Caleb's dad. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, he was in this original Star Trek. Yeah, episode. he was. Oh, he was a... Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. You already, you already know all about him. American actor. Say mud? Named for his grandfather. His grandfather carved the horses for the carousels at Central Park, by the way. Oh, shit. So in the 60s, a frequent recurring character on primetime shows, uh, Colonel Gum on yeah. Green Hornet. Uh, which is a which is a crossover. Misha the Bear on Hawaii Five O. I, I want a mustache like that. It's great. It's it pretty really solid. He so he's best known for playing spacefaring con man Harry Mudd on yeah. the original Star yeah. Trek series. And its nineteen seventies animated counterpart. He was one of the few actors other than the Enterprise crew members to appear in multiple episodes of the show as the same character. Which I believe Rain Wilson is portraying <coughs> in the new Star Trek Discovery. Is really? it's portraying that character, I think. That's right. It's cool. I can't get it because I don't have TV uh, or cable, and it's only you can get it on CBS streaming. So. I, I think his character was very accessible to the viewing audience because, A, it was, it was kind of like... It was unexpected to see a guy like that. You could, like... I think he, you could kind of... Re- he was kind of a fish out of water in a sense, but at the same time, like he was very comfortable in his own skin, his character. Yeah, and, I mean, he's very enjoyable in every episode. And, and I think also he was good. At, he was just a good fit for the counterculture. Very avuncular. Kind of yeah. looks a little bit like is this Leonard Blake? So he was also on Dick Van Dyke, uh, Patty Duke, Hogan's Heroes, The Munsters, All in the Family, Heart to Heart, Three's Company. Later in his career, he discovered voice acting. So he was the uh, original actor of Smokey the Bear. Uh, he was on mm. DuckTales, Gummy Bears, but mostly 32 episodes of Transformers, Cyclonus, wow. Bruticus, Minasaur, Motormaster, Quintesson number two. Uh, post-movie, if they ever did a Unicron voice, he was the guy that huh. did it. A handful of other one-off characters. 
And, uh, you know, he's circling round and round on that carousel in the sky. For Damn he it. Passed <laughs> <the plane. laughs> in Shit. 1986. Oh, God. And, I didn't... and Jack, wow. Angel, Jack Angel took his place. Actually, yeah, I, I don't have it noted here, so I might have this story a little so, bit wrong. Wait but... a minute. Wait, wait, wait. He died in 86? Yeah. So, so and... he basically did season three, but towards the end of season three, or maybe in those rebirth Damn. episodes that are kind of season four, Jack Angel did the voice. Yeah. Of I was Cyclone getting really excited. Like, we, like, this guy's... Seems really cool. I want to like see if we can. Contact so him. I read that he actually was supposed to be on Star Trek: The Next Generation. They'd written a script where his character was going to be in it. He was in like Frozen suspended animation, mm-hmm. and they were going to bring him back. And somehow or another, his character was going to die heroically, like save it, like like uh-huh. gave his life to save everybody else's life. But mm. he died before that was produced. They kind of did an episode like that with <clears throat> Scotty. Yeah. Yeah, Where he was in the pattern buffer of the transporter. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then uh, Bones was in the very first. Yeah, he was. He was but he, he had just managed he to just, live. Yeah, he was like 115 <laughs> or something. <laughs> Cranky as ever. Yeah. So that is our uh, voice actor. We won't have one for a little bit. Okay. Shit. <laughs> Fucking A. I am, it's always interesting on these voice actors just to see how much they like cross over with all these other shows and all it's, this other stuff. It's a really do. good inside view into the Hollywood... Machine? Build, machine. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I really it's an like. ever-transforming machine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, sure. Y'all know what it's time for, don't you? What? I do. It's time for... Script... <laughs> That, is, I don't is, know why that's so is funny. That, is that Ryan in my cold chamber? That's right. <laughs> he can just, he'll just throw in script deviations or whatever. I don't even have to say it. I know, but... I'm just trying to I get gotta, your so I, I kind of have to keep that in now. I just wanted to hear you do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it could be an outtake. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's in. true. Uh, <laughs> so... I don't have any deviations. Basically, what happens on screen Good, is what happens on my page. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what you got? Well, in the last minute, it's very similar. Um, he uh, uh, Ingester consumes the moon, and uh, then Galvatron is incensed about it, and then uh, Unicron tortures him, and he says, I will obey. Um, and then he takes the entire force off to battle. Uh, so in this minute, Ultramagnus and Autobot City, he's studying the scanner device as Springer Cup and Hot Rod look on amid general gathering of Autobots. Um, so basically exactly the same thing and he says the third moon of Cybertron has vanished which I went back and looked in the script that's the munitions factory it's Jazz and Cliffjumper there's no Spike and Bumblebee okay so it's just they were on moon moon base one in the movie is the moon three in the this script okay um reaction ad-lib through the crowd of disbelief I don't know how you can ad-lib in a cartoon um but uh then Cup steps forward and calls Ultra Magnus was it the work of the Decepticons I don't know. Looks off points. This may be the answer. And I'll look off where a small cloud of dust in the distance uh, over the far line of mountains suddenly moves closer, closer, closer until it's visible as a fast-traveling Autobot whose form is still not quite discernible, moving fast down from the heights to the plains area and into Autobot City, where Ultra Magnus and others are assembled. Who is it? Who could it be? A special messenger from our forward observation post. Another angle on the special messenger who is Blur. 
This is the first appearance in the script of Blur. Interesting. So Blur comes in here. Special messenger Blur whips into the shot and up to Ultra Magnus. His fast, his motion is so fast that it is a trailing image to catch up with when he stops. <coughs> he speaks extremely rapidly. Um, Greetings, Ultra Magnus. I bring word of the sky. Scan findings. I can't do this. Greetings, Ultra Magnus. I find word of the sky. Scan findings regarding the ingestion and absorption of the third moon of Cybertron. I kind of like this introduction, but it's like really, it's a lot. Like, yeah, introduce kind of late. Um, it'd be overwhelming. And then um, Blur says, The moon was practically swallowed by the gigantic planet of unknown origin and moved into Cybertron orbit with the last (laughs) astrodecimal minute. I hate that shit. Um, you don't like the the uh, what do they call that? Uh, they're stuff? cute. The I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind them the, that much. The time conversion. It's just, or, in the script, yeah, they're really <laughs> awkward, and they change it a little bit in the movie, which is fine. Um, <laughs> so Springer says, were there any survivors? Unknown, but since ingestion of the moon, large invasion forces of Decepticons has left for Earth. Hot Rod says, an invasion force? We've got to man battle stations. And Blur says, no time. Estimated arrival is now. <laughs> we cut to the sky where Galvatron, an enormous invasion force, is descending from Cybertron, joined by a land force of other Decepticons, Insecticons at all, which have been on Earth this whole time. Well, shit. Yeah. So the invading force are so vast that they cast a shadow over the entire landscape. Oh. The noise of their arrival... You could never animate this. <laughs> like, <laughs> the noise of their arrival uh, creating an ominous buzz as we close on Galvatron who flies into camera, his eyes gleaming malevolently. So they're even more heavily outnumbered now than they were before. Um, on Autobots, pan for reactions. As Decepticons descend and approach and shadows darken the scene and race over the upturned fa- faces of the Autobot defenders, Daniel, R.C., Springer, et all. Springer says, I don't think this is going to be my favorite day. Which is a weird line. Not up to his no, usual standard. Isn't it the same day I, as the other fight that they just I don't had? think this I think is already it's been be a pretty bad day. To, well, I can tell you. Yeah, so that's kind of... That, that makes this... Today is certainly not going to be my favorite. It jumps day. around a little because this is so expansive. Like, there's one where it's, <laughs> so there's a lot in there. But, um, so that's where I'm going to end for that minute. Ice Cube shows up. Damn right, right, it will be a good day. <laughs> this is damn right, it was <laughs> a good day. Today is not going to be my favorite day. <laughs> is that your Ice Cube? Yes. All right, uh, maybe we should open the door and let in the... Go ahead. Aaron, you go first. No, wait. I will go first. Whoa. Okay. It's controversial. Mm-hmm. My iconic moment is uh, is seeing that, uh, what is it, Scourge with his head showing as he's flying. <laughs> it's pretty iconic. I hate that. I know, but so it's... So much. Yeah. So, to me, this is the first incarnation of what essentially becomes a trope in the Transformers world, which is Galvatron and his new death squad. He's just got his mm-hmm. new entourage. You don't really see... Uh, everybody else is in the background from here going forward. It's just those yeah, guys true. and the sweeps. And uh, that's a, kind of, a, I mean, a shame. I feel like just because the sweeps are so, all they're all the same. Generic. Like, yeah. It's not, I, intention- I like seeing the difference. They're intentionally generic. I know. I just like the different uh, Decepticons with different personalities. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, my- to speak to that, you had generic sort of in the form of Skywarp and Thundercracker and the At least they were different Reflector colors. guys sure, and the but, Insecticons. Yeah, but, but I mean, God, they, but they were part of a crew. I mean, it's, you don't, so you really don't get, like, Shockwave, is he coming back? He's in the movie at the very end. Okay, that's good. I think he technically dies. I don't really? know. I don't yeah. know. It's not shown. 
but I guess my my iconic moment was just the I really like uh, um, Ultra Magnus's uh, "You'll die trying, just like Megatron." It's a good line. It's hey, a good line. From now on, you're doing the Ultra Magnus impressions. Hell right, I'll do all the Ultra Magnus impressions. <laughs> hey, this is how I sounded. What? Are you, what are you, are, you, are, you, are you making fun of my Ultra Magnus impression? I'm kind of weird. This is all very strange. This is a very fun voice to do, kind of. <laughs> I don't care who you're trying to impersonate. That's good. That would get old real fast. It's sort of like do that I'm, voice all next episode. Oh, that would be great. It's no. It's sort of like uh, that voice gets really annoying quickly. It's sort of like when I do my southern gentleman, I'm just a simple country lawyer who likes to have a mint julep, but this do seem like there's something strange. That's fun to do, and then more I do it, the more I want to do it, and it gets annoying. Yeah. <laughs> just to others. Not to I yourself. am going to have to take that away from you. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> What is it? It's a pull tab. He's been playing with it the whole episode. Gotcha. I didn't realize it was making that much ruckus. It's fine. It's not that noticeable. I'm done. Next time on the Autobot Decepticast. Uh, Next time, we will revisit some of that classic 1980s sexism. But this Mm -hmm. time, with a twist. And uh, we see the Dinobots be obstinate for no good fucking reason. For no goddamn reason. (laughs) Don't forget our listener appreciation event between now and December 25th. Rate, review us on iTunes, send us a little note with your mailing address, either via email or direct message on Twitter. We, uh, you know, in what we in the biz call a quid pro quo, we will send you a little something nice via the mail. For now, it's a secret something something. I hope that that fact still keeps this compelling a enough u- a for unique, you to participate. Each one unique and um, complete on its own. We'll see about that. All right. <laughs> International friends, it's very important that you let us know, as we spoke earlier, as it's difficult for us to track international reviews on iTunes. Speaking of which, iTunes, in addition to Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn are the best places to listen to our show. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. Visit our web presence at autopoddecepticast.com don't yep. forget to because rate I always put uh, always put up uh, anything that we talk about in the show that I can find like a YouTube clip or an image of yep. I throw it up there on the website so check that out I think we'll put yep. up a picture of Mr. Carmel's uh, mustache absolutely yeah alright like and subscribe just go ahead now <laughs> just go ahead now alright well I guess that's it we'll see okay. you next time bye 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 yeah. bye, bye, bye. Uh, that emanate from that bat throwing things over that uh, oh, yeah. back fence. <laughs> yeah, I set that field on fire. I was there. Yep. I showed up. I showed up in time to see Ryan run out of the uh, down the stairs with a bat. You had on a like a, a robe and a pot. <laughs> like, so wait, like how a, did you set this on fire? I, I had shooting, some old fireworks shooting. and I was shooting them and I stopped. I it had been like ten minutes and I stopped shooting them and I was yeah. drawing in, in the driest of summer. Yeah, it's like days. August. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Real. It was, it was real smart. So you caught, And I look up and it's just I see fire out there, (laughs) and so I run down with a pot, a tiny pot. He's like hitting the perimeter of this fire with a pot, and that's not working. And I say, 
I said we need like a blanket or something, and you go and we get a blanket. We got a, the and also the rubber mat out of your truck bed. Oh yeah, we got that rubber mat, and we were hitting it, and we we put it out, and we ran back inside in time to uh, get back in the apartment and watch the fire department show up. Yeah, they slowly rolled up, and it was probably twenty was feet big, in diameter. It was a big fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing the both of you out there. Well, I, it panicking. Was, I wasn't panicking. Swinging wildly. I was helping, but I thought it was amusing. But he ran down the stairs when I was... I literally was walking up towards your apartment. He was walking down the stairs and he was like... Like, I don't know. I, I, Fire! I he's got a pan. Like a pan. Like a little one? Like it a was pot? Or like a sauce pot. Like a sauce pot. Like yeah. a sauce pan. And that pan was, was like, never the same. Wong, wong. The pot was never the same. 